So here we are on this Sunday that falls between Christmas and New Year. So I hope you've managed to have a good Christmas and that you're uh, recovering okay from your Christmas dinners. I wonder how you're feeling today, though. Perhaps you're doing just great because you really love Christmas. You've had a great time. You're already looking forward to next year, and it's only 363 sleeps away, you know. But many of us, perhaps this year, have a, a mixture of emotions, not least because of the whole Christmas bubble restrictions dictating who we have or haven't been able to see. Or perhaps for you this year, Christmas has, has been really hard because of, of what you faced in 2020. However you are feeling, this Sunday seems like a natural time for us to pause and draw breath together, which is why our service has a, a slightly more reflective tone to it. And with that in mind, I want to talk to you today about my favorite prayer, my favorite prayer. And I'd like to do something a little bit different at the end and invite you, wherever you're watching from, to, to join in and pray it together. And I'd love for this to be both an encouragement to you, but also uh, a sign of our solidarity, our unity, as, as we're getting ready to step into 2021. And this prayer, it's an ancient one. It was written by the Apostle Paul almost 2,000 years ago as he poured out his heart for some other followers of Jesus who were facing challenges of their own. It's found in, in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And it's going to come up on the screen for you, so, so let me read that to you now. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Wow, what an amazing prayer. I love it. And before we get to praying it together, I'd like to just share three points on this prayer. Firstly, that this is a prayer of identity. You can see Paul begins in verse 14, I kneel before the Father, echoing how Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven. And then a little bit later in verse 18, he calls those he's praying for the Lord's holy people. So this is a prayer built on the knowledge of who God is and who we are in him. Now, me and my wife, Lizzie, we got our little boy, Samuel, who's about 18 months old now. And there's this little game that he loves playing at the moment where I pick him up and, and I say to him, Samuel, where's, where's mummy? And he looks around the room and then he, he sees Lizzie, my wife, and he points at her and laughs. And then I say to him, and Samuel, where's daddy? And then he looks around the room again before realizing I'm actually holding him and he points at me and laughs again. And then I say to him, and, and, and where's Samuel? And then he looks at me a bit confused before I give him a big hug and I say, 
there's Samuel, there's Samuel, I've got you, Samuel. And, and Samuel loves this little game. But I realize that I love it too, because I'm getting to watch him learn about who he is and who we are as his parents. And a little bit like that, I think God takes great pleasure in us, learning to know him as our good father and who we are as his people. He longs for me and for you to be safe and secure in the knowledge of his love, in our relationship with him, made possible through Jesus and, and what he's done for us. If I'm honest, though, I, I, I think this is easier said than done sometimes. And there are many reasons we, we might find this a struggle. Even though it's a theme that crops up loads in the Bible and in the stories Jesus told, just like last week in the carol services, that amazing presentation of, of the story of the lost son coming home, so how can we grow in confidence in this area? One thing I've found helpful is just coming back to this book and immersing myself in, in, in the parts that are about our identity. And the first half of the same letter of this book of Ephesians is a great place to start because it focuses almost entirely on this theme. Right before the prayer, the Apostle Paul spends three chapters with one amazing truth after another. He, he says, even when we were dead in our sins, God made us alive together with Christ. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father through the Spirit. And in Jesus and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. Now, these might be uh, amazing truths to read, but I know for me there's another side to it where this prayer helps so much because it's not only a prayer of identity, but a prayer of experience. One of the reasons I love this prayer is that it kind of bridges the gap between truths on the one hand, objective truths on the one hand, and our experience of those truths on the other. And praying it helps us to know, to, to take what we know in our heads and make it real in our hearts. Um, Tim Keller, the American pastor, in his book on prayer, he refers to this same passage, and he says this. Part of the mission of God's Spirit is to tell you about God's love for you, his delight in you, and the fact that you are his child. These things you may know in your head, but the Holy Spirit makes them a fiery reality in your life. I love that, a fiery reality in our lives. Now, about 20 years ago, I was about 16 or 17 years old, and I was pretty new to following Jesus. I'd understood who Jesus was and, and what he'd done for me, but I'd yet to experience much more than that. And one evening, I was in this little youth group meeting uh, somewhere in Essex, and there was a guy at the front playing his guitar, and he was singing an old vineyard classic that goes, All I want is to know you, Jesus. All I want is to know I belong to you. Show me all the things that are worthless that I thought were so valuable to you. And then the chorus goes, because nothing is as lovely, nothing is as worthy, nothing is as wonderful as knowing you. And as I joined in, in singing this chorus with a bunch of teenagers in Essex, it suddenly felt like God was in the room. The, it was like the air was thick with his presence, heavy with his presence. And I remember dropping down to my knees with my face on the floor, and I don't think I could have got up if I tried. Up to that point, I'd never experienced anything like it. 
And I didn't want it to end because it was so amazing, so beautiful. It was like God had invaded the room, surrounded us with his love and with his presence. And over the years since then, I've had some similar experiences, but also times where I I haven't felt very much. But this prayer encourages me to keep pressing in, to keep asking God for the immeasurably more he has available for each one of us. In verse 16 of the prayer, it's more strength and power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being. In verse 17, it's more of Jesus dwelling in our hearts through faith. In verse 18, it's more of Jesus' love, grasping how wide it is, how long, how high, how deep. Perhaps right now you're, you're in a place of, of feeling spiritually dry, maybe, or empty. Maybe the Christmas season feels like it's just been a lot of emotion and stress, and you, you find yourself feeling tired or flat. Perhaps you've just faced something really hard recently that has left your faith shaken or you broken-hearted. And if there's one thing I want to communicate about this prayer, it's that it has power to help us through the tough seasons of life when we don't know what else to pray for. Whatever place you're in, I think that praying this prayer will help you experience God's immeasurably more in your life because I believe it's a prayer he will answer out of his glorious riches, his resources. So we've seen that this is a prayer of identity, and a prayer of experience. And finally, this is a prayer for the inside. What do I mean by that? A bit of a a confession here, but a great number of my prayers are not much like the one Paul prayed here. They're more about asking God to change some external situation or circumstance to bless me, to help me. I don't know if you can relate to that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with those type of prayers. I'm just not sure they're the only ones we should be praying. And Paul's prayer is different because it focuses on our inner life. As we saw in verse 16, he prays for power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. And in the context of the time, Paul would have undoubtedly known challenges, specific situations he could have prayed for the Ephesians. They would have had their fair share of challenges, but instead of mentioning those, he opts to pray for what's on the inside because he knows that's what really counts. It kind of reminds me of the series of talks we've done recently on rootfulness, rootfulness that you you can access on our website. We saw in that series that, that roots hidden deep below the surface, they're the key to the strength of any plant or tree. And in the same way, developing strong roots in our inner life, they're the key to us facing whatever is on the outside. And it was Paul himself who prayed No matter what the circumstances, whether in plenty or lack, whatever situation, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And praying this prayer, I believe, will help us do exactly that. It will put our roots deep into God's resources, the love of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God in our lives. And it strikes me that at a time when external circumstances are so unsteady and changing around us. This prayer focused on strengthening our inner being as individuals and as a church, it seems more relevant than ever. Now, it might be that the Lord has has highlighted something um, today for you as I've been speaking. 
Um, and if you'd value someone praying for you, our online team would just love to chat to you and meet you after the service. But as a response for, for all of us, I'd love to invite you now in, in joining me in praying this prayer. You might want to pray it for yourself or, or for someone on your heart who you know is struggling, but I'd love for us particularly to pray it with a sense of solidarity and unity, knowing that wherever we are right now, we're looking to the Lord together as we get ready to step into 2021. Now, the prayer is going to come up on the screen, but I've changed it to, to we language to help us pray it all together. And I'd, I'd, I'd invite you to say it out loud with me wherever you are. And also, because the prayer starts with a posture of kneeling, I'm going to kneel down to pray this. And I'd love to invite you to join me if you're able. So let's pray together. We kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen us with power through his Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And we pray that being rooted and established in love, we may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.